Hello and welcome to BoardWars.eu, your bi-weekly podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniatures game by Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, with me today again is Herwig. Hi there. And of course, it's your regular host, me, Stefan. And we are missing two of our guys today because Antonia has to learn for, ne for an exam next week. And Hendrik, I think, is still in London. Uh, we actually don't know if he's there on Congress or if he's uh, just making a holiday there. I don't know. We Maybe we can get you this, this info next, next time. But uh, nevertheless, we have a boatload of topics today. Actually, it's not that much... Uh, It's not that many topics, it's just that so much new information came came out in the last few days and the last few weeks about the game. Of course, this is uh, because as we are recording, Gen Con is opening its doors. I think it opened a few hours ago, maybe one or two hours ago. Yeah. So it's all, all of the spoilers are starting to trickle in. And we will talk about, at length, I hope, about the new cards spoiled for the Twin Shadows expansion box, which will be available to buy there. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. And uh, so we will start with news, which we had two news articles on Fantasy Flight Games. And then we will go over to um, a short mention. I, we will not talk about it today, but we will short, shortly mention play experiences in the past two weeks. And then we will talk about community stuff, where we have a big surprise for all of our listeners. Uh, stick with us, maybe for, maybe about half an hour or 45 minutes when we will go to there and we will also talk about the gen con spoilers uh, in this segment so basically right at the end of the show so to start things off we had two new articles both of which were um, spoilers for the next expansion um, and of course the first one was about the two, two droids available in the, in the ally pack in the wave 2 And the next one was actually not... Ah, yeah, I'm stupid, of course. The second one wasn't about the, the upcoming expansion. It was about uh, the new FAQ released. And it brought some major changes to the skirmish. Actually, not major changes, but pretty impactful changes. So, but uh, let's start off with the first article released by Fantasy Flight, which is called Unsung Heroes. And... Uh, Havik, do you want to give us the rundown what actually is this article about? Uh, it's about uh, the new uh, uh, hero expansion uh, with C-3PO and R2-D2. And of course they both have their cards spoiled and I think they have also some... Yeah, my cat is, my cat is whining. We were at the dock today. Okay, so... so she is the other unsung hero. Yeah, she's, she's, she's a singing hero right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, both the deployment cards, actually three deployment cards are spoiled. Why these are free? Hang on for a minute. And we have a few command cards spoiled too. So the first command card spoiled is C-3PO, which is uh, his, his title is C-3PO, Human-Cyborg Relations. Of course, he's unique. He has a deployment cost of two. He's a member of the Rebel Alliance, and he has the trait Droid. And he has the special action, Inform. Choose an adjacent friendly figure, that figure becomes focused. Also, he has the ability Cover while defending while adjacent to a friendly figure. You may reroll one defense die. It's the same as the Imperial Officer, basically. And he also has the, the ability Distracting. While a friendly figure is defending, Uh, and you are adjacent to the targeted space, apply plus one, evade to the defense results. 
which is also very nice. And he is the first unit that is non-combatant, which reads you cannot attack. So he has no attack dice. He has four health, three speed, a white defense die, and like I mentioned, no attack die. He cannot attack. So the major thing here is to actually use him, you need him to be adjacent to friendly figures, not only to take advantage of cower and distracting, but also to take advantage of, advantage of inform, which is basically a free focus every turn. It's, it's interesting because it's similar to Gideon Argus's ability, at least in the skirmish game, where he can focus any, any friendly unit within his line of sight. But of course, Gideon doesn't have to move for it, so he can not only um, or command units around, he can also focus them. And C3PO can only focus them and also only focus them when he's next to them. But for this, you get also his mini, mini uh, evade aura, aura. So, like, you get search cancels for your defenses. So, it's actually quite interesting, and uh, especially in conjunction with R2D2, we will see. This can actually be very good. So, I don't. He's the first thought I had is that he's basically a a unique version of the Imperial officer on the Rebel side, just a little bit weaker maybe. I don't know. He has more hit points, but he has uh, lower speed, and his ability is it has a very short range, being that you need to be adjacent. So. Mm. I'm he, I'm curious to see him played because he has to be at the front line to actually use him effectively, but he's still very weak, so I'm not sure. But uh, of course we have R2D2. What's your thoughts on Cipher Uh I think it it will depends depend on how he is used in the scenarios. If you play the campaign, I guess they will have unique scenarios with him. Of course, and it will be interesting to see how he works in these scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, for skirmish, could be interesting. I think the at the moment, if you don't play a saboteur list, you can need, get, need all the variety you can get on the rebel side. So yeah. I guess he would be very interesting in a, a skirmish build. Yeah, now that the, the skirmish changes are actually uh, live or mm. in the newest FAQ. Uh, rebel lists with few activations but higher cost uh, units uh, might actually be good again. Yeah. They might not be that strong, but they might stand a chance. But we will talk about this yeah, later, maybe. But they change, yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly I'm looking forward for the campaign missions and thinking about a, skirm a skirmish use a little bit secondary, but yeah, like I said, everything that Gets a little bit variety into the rebel side for skirmishes. Welcome. Yeah, of course, they, they desperately need it. Mm. Okay, so right on to R two D two, which is actually two deployment cards. Uh, do you want to read the left one? Uh, yeah. So it's also my left. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's also your left. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's the R two D two card for the campaign. Yeah. And it's R two D two loyal astromech. He is a droid. He has a, a deployment cost of three. Um, and he has, uh, three, uh, searches. He has a pierce two, a weaken, a stun, and he automatically gets a plus, plus two accuracy and one, uh, search. 
and his uh, abilities are for uh, one is a uh, action service you or a chastened friendly droid or vehicle recover one blast damage it's just one damage ah uh, one damage sorry one blast damage i'm confused um computer interface arm you can perform a tech test on an object on which heroes can perform a tech test uh elite figures receive one success so yeah i think this actually uh, normally i think allies can't take uh um can't yeah. voluntarily take tests attribute tests only when they are prompted to like when you throw a stun grenade you have to um do a perception check like the yeah. eye check and if you are an an ally figure you have to do this test even though you are not uh you're not proficient in it so if you are a non elite uh, unit you automatically fail and if you're a leader you automatically automatically have one uh search result yeah. you don't actually roll the dice and it's the same for r2d2 i think just that he can use the tech test actively he can deliberately re use it so he doesn't have to react to it he can also uh do something with command terminals or so yeah so i think this is what this ability actually does which is interesting depending on the campaign missions yeah, and he's also lucky while defending. If you roll a blank result at plus one, um, I think it's dodge, dodge to the defense result. So yeah, it's not bad. So he has a higher chance on uh, dodge. And he has a base thirty three percent of rolling yeah. dodge, which is nice. So and Artito has health six, speed three, a white defense die, of course, and can attack with one yellow die. Yeah, he's. So, I think he's very fine for the campaign. Six health with thirty-three uh, percent dodge is very good, actually. It yeah. makes it makes um, it almost necessary to attack him with very strong hitters because, or to to actually manage to get some blast damage onto him, because if you can't do this, the thirty-three percent dodge really will hurt you, especially if you if you like say you're attacking with a stormtrooper squad. One in one, one of the squad attacks will basically fail every, every round. So yeah. this is this is actually quite good. So and R2D2 is also the first ever unit in the game to have two de two different deployment cards: one for the campaign, which Herrick read just now, and one for the skirmish game, which I will read now. And it's basically almost the same, uh, aside from his abilities. And the different abilities are. Scomplink, whatever Scomplink is, I, I actually don't recognize this. If you are adjacent to a terminal, your player draws one command card. And this is, I don't, it's basically free card draw in, yeah. well, not free, but it's additional card draw in Skirmish, which will be actually very interesting. And we'll talk about this later because Kane Somos also has a similar ability not actually an active ability but a passive ability we will talk about this later and r2d2's second uh special action is service so scomplink is a, is a special action so you have to stand next to a uh, next to a terminal then you take one of your actions and just draw a command card for it and of course if you leave him there you get an additional command card at the end of the round 
So, and his second special action is service. You can uh, you or an adjacent friendly droid or vehicle uh, recovers one damage, which is the same as in the campaign. And he's also lucky while defending. If you roll the blank result, add one dodge to the defense results. So the actual changes just the scump link and the computer arm interface yeah. arm. So, and I think he will shake up the skirmish quite a bit because with him you can search for your cards. It's easier easier to get to the cards you actually need, especially since usually the the skirmish games lasts like three to four rounds now. And with the skirmish change, I think the that um, it will up the time a bit to about four rounds. So you only draw seven cards normally because you draw mm -hmm. three on in your opening hand and then each end of the round you draw four, uh, one card, which makes it seven. If you control terminals, make that maybe eight or nine. So for two turns, you can maybe control terminals and on some missions, it's actually hard to control them. And with R2-D2, you can up that again with like, let's say... Let's say again two, two, two times to actually draw maybe ten cards one game, which is two thirds of your command deck, which is very good because you can get your. Not only can you use it for like say Diala to uh, remove defense die from your enemy opponents, from your enemy enemy figures. Yeah. But you can maybe also with other with other figures that also have car, um, abilities that let you that let you discard cards. Use this to to prevent damage, to do additional damage, or in the in the case of uh, mercenaries, you can prevent strain damage with it. So, because if you receive strain, you can also always um, what what's it called? Um, discard a command card to not take this strain as a damage. So, so I think he will be really good in this in the skirmish game. And that's it for the deployment cards in this pack, and we have. Um, yeah, we have two new, actually more than two, I think. Yeah, three new uh, skirmish cards spoiled. Yeah, we have hard to hit, usable on any figure. Oh, hard you, to hit too. Oh, I, I yeah. actually didn't see this. <laughs> okay, so uh, use while defending to re-roll one defense die. Yeah, so, it's yeah. a cost of no, it's a cost of zero, and you can include one in your deck. So yeah, it's not 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 a bad card. It's handy to have it in the right moment, so it's, yeah, it's okay. Especially to save R2-D2, this is great, because yeah. you're almost guaranteed to roll a dodge then. Not guaranteed, but it's very high chance to roll a dodge. Yeah. Then, um, yeah. Should I read the next one also? Yeah, I can read the next, next one too. Uh, single purpose. Any figure use at the start of your activation, you may use the same special action up to twice during this activation. When this is also, I think this is very cool. Not only does this help R2D2 to draw even more cards, because if it's, if it's uh, adjacent to a uh, command terminal, you can use him to draw two cards uh, during the round, a third card at the end of the round, and then, of course, he, if he's adjacent to a terminal already, he was there before the round, so you're drawing within like one round, you draw four into command cards, which is amazing. And it's also, since it's any figure you can use this on, I think it's very good for uh, basically almost any figure that has abilities. Like, yeah. um, what's it called? Um, Diala can remove defense dice from uh, from enemies with, when you discard command cards. If you are 
uh, fighting against Vader. You can remove both of his black defense die by discarding two cards and then basically attack him naked, which is very good. Just for one command card of yours. So it's actually you have to discard three command cards, single purpose and two additional ones. But with uh, R2D2, you're drawing them anyway. So it's very good. Yeah. Interesting combinations there. I think this will be one of the most played cards in any deck because it's yeah. it costs only one one point. You can only include one of them in your deck, but it's very powerful. Yeah. It's opening up it's, so it, much possibilities. It will be the reason that many people will actually buy this uh, yeah. deck, yeah. Uh, this expansion, this, just to get this card. This card, yes. Think about think about using this with Gideon. You can uh, distribute two focuses in one round on two different uh, positions on the map, just within your line of sight, which is actually very cool. So, Yeah. So, uh, the next command card spoiled is Etiquette and Protocol, and it's C-3PO's command card, so you can exclusively use it with C-3PO, and it's a special action, choose one hostile and one friendly figure, both in your line of sight. Until the end of the round, these figures cannot declare attacks targeting each other. And it costs two command points, and you can include one in your deck. It's I it's it's a nice idea, but yeah. I I think it's very hard to play. Actually, you can like I can see this working against heavy hitters hitter units. Like you don't want to lose your weak or, or weakened uh, unique figure. Like you don't want to lose your Skywalker or your Diala or your Mac or your Gideon. And Vader is coming in and want, wanting to hit them, so you just play etiquette and proto protocol. But since you have to be in line of sight, it's very likely that uh, CPO will, will pay, the, pay the price for this. So he will very likely then then be the target of the attack because he's also unique. So you don't actually uh, save you you don't actually save a unique figure from dying because most of the time uh, C-3PO will die anyway so the, the opponent can play celebration and whatever. So I don't know if this card is any good. I can't think of anything good to do with this card. But it's nice to have so maybe it's better down the line. And the next one is uh, C-3 uh, R2-D2's unique card. Mm -hmm. Terminal Network. Uh... It's a uh, act, uh, activation. A special action, yeah. Ah, special action. I'm so confused today. Uh, use while while adjacent to a terminal. Until the start of the next round, you gain control of all terminals, regardless of which figure uh, figures are adjacent to them. <laughs> it's for it's, two points, and I I can't. R2D2 is beyond awesome. I I don't know. It's He's getting better with everything spoiled about him. So I, I don't know. He will be. I can him see see being used, especially when you're running Diala and uh, Gideon, since Gideon can order him around around and Diala can, um, uh, what's it called? Diala can use his additional card draw, and he's he's small, he's sturdy, he's very lucky. It it's he's awesome. I don't know. I, I like him. It's. I will exclusively play Rebels now. <laughs> so, do we have another spoiled? Is it Devotion? I yeah, I, I think 
Bob. Is the, the, uh, one is missing, number eight. Yeah, Devotion. It's Devotion. I will, I'll read it. So the next, the, the last spoil command card is called Devotion, and you have to use it uh, with a Droid, so it has a trait Droid. It's a special action. Choose an adjacent friendly figure. Then search a command card and draw one card with that figure's name as a trait. Reveal it, and then shuffle your command card. Uh, command card deck. Uh, it costs zero deployment card, uh, zero command card points, of course, and uh, you can include one in your deck, which is basically it's a, what's what is this card type called in Magic? It's a, not a search card. It's a I forgot. They have a, they have a term for cards that let you search for a specific card in your deck and then shuffle your deck. I don't know. Of course, this will also be very useful when you're playing uh, the two droids. And this is maybe useful to play with C3PO because if you want to, let's say, uh, draw your Son of Skywalker card uh, for Luke, then you and you don't have it in your hand and you don't want to wait to actually draw it, you can just uh, use one of C3PO's actions to to draw it and you're fine. So it's it's very good, I think. Also, of course, this also works on the other side if you are running two probe droids and you don't actually need to use their movement action or one actions to, to move them. You can shoot with one action with the second you can draw any of your uh, unique command cards like uh, Flurry of Blades or what's called the, the command card of Vader. I don't know. Hmm. I forgot. Whatever. So you can, you can use it on both sides. So it's a very good card. This pack is yeah. looking awesome. Especially, especially for for skirmish. Yeah. Okay, so this is all that was spoiled in the unsung heroes uh, article on FFG. Of course, like always, I will link it in the show notes so you can read it for yourself if you haven't already. And we will march on to the next articles uh, on FFG, which is called "New Orders from High Command." And it's basically just um, the, the announcement of the new version of the FEQ and the new version of the tournament rules. The tournament rules actually haven't changed that much. I think it just updated the, updated the map pool or the, the, the mission pool. Let me see. Is this actually listed? Uh, oh, we have... There's also a new a new edition of tournament software. And yeah... Um, yeah, the, the, the new additions to the tournament rules are uh, colored in blue in the PDF, so just download it from the from the link in the show notes, and you will read it. I don't actually think the yeah that the major changes are of course the legal maps and missions, which are for the current season: Kuat Space Yards, Ord Mantel Junkyard, and Moisture Farm. So just you have just three maps with six missions in total, which are legal for tournaments. And the other um, updated uh, document was the, the FAQ. Where is it actually? I forgot. There's a there's a whole article about what the change is, but I forgot where the link is to the FAQ. Yeah, it's somewhere here. What are you looking for? The, the, link li- for the what? direct link to the FAQ. I, I had it somewhere, but uh whatever it's not that important that uh, the actual major change is also listed um is also listed here in the uh, in the article itself which is a change to how skirmish uh, activations work and the new rule included is 
During a skirmish, if your opponent has more ready deployment cards than you, you may choose not to activate a group and pass play to your opponent. And this rule goes in effect on August 15th, which is, I think, two weeks from now. Yeah, after... So, after Chencon. Uh, after Chencon and after the tournaments. And of course, they clarify it will be it will not be used at the Imperial Assault National Championships at Chencon in the 2015. So, it on the surface, it looks like a rel relatively minor change, but... Um, being able to, to delay your activations is very good in a sense that uh, when you're playing against, regardless of which faction you're actually playing, if you're playing against a, an army consisting of, like, say, four royal guards and four imperial officers, which is very popular right now, uh, usually what, what's, what's killing you is that the, your enemy can use four activations to bring four of his heavy hitter units in place. And then you already have to spend four activations before he can decide where to attack. So you have to not only use activations to move into range of him, but also to uh, you can you can't um, leave the battlefield afterwards. So you're basically stuck there. And currently rebels have not that much ability to construct Counter, yeah. construct armies that have many activations. So you're mostly. My cat is singing again. <laughs> so you have, you have, you're most of the time you're at an activation disadvantage, which means, uh, what happens is the Imperial player starts, uh, pushes up, uh, four Royal Guards with their full movement. Then during this, you have to move your units because you don't have any activations to delay your activations. So you have to move your units out of, out of your starting zone. And then he starts activating his actual Royal Guards, and then he can basically focus fire on your units, and this is very bad in the first, second round. So, yeah, to counter this now, you can actually wait for him to have equal an equal amount of uh, command cards ready, and just then start your um, your round. And this enables you to maybe even pick off your Royal Guard units before they can act. So, this is a very good change for lists that have few activations mm -hmm. because right now the the popular list for royal guards and for imperial officers is it has eight eight activations and this is very hard to match and it's it's a it's a nice change to see that if you are just running five activations you just can wait it out see what he's doing and then do stuff for yourself so this is the 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 most oh, I, I would say that the reason for the second article is these, this just minor rule change. And if you want to read about why they chose to do it, which is what I basically uh, explained right now, and what they are expecting from this uh, rule change to uh, change into the meta, you can read the full article on FFG, on the FFG site, and it will be, of course, linked in our show notes. Do you have any, any additional thoughts on this or? No, but uh, I think it was a. Uh, uh, it's good that uh, looked at the trends that are developing in mm -hmm. skirmish and tried to keep the game active. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I think it was a very needed change. In addition to the to the two droids released in the second wave, I think this will be will be a and much needed push for yeah. the rebels. 
And also, of course, uh, very fair that they said it will be implemented after Gen Con. So you still yeah. can play the lists you trained for Gen Con and yeah. for the nationals. And afterwards, this rule goes into effect when everybody has enough time to adjust to it. So yeah, that's, that's very, that's very thoughtful of them. I think it's, I think they had the, this in mind that they don't, yeah. I think they had the, the rule change in mind for quite some weeks now, but they couldn't actually release it. So to not release it too early to confuse people and to maybe influence the outcome of Gen Con in a way that they yeah. didn't actually want. Okay, so this is the second article. And uh, of course, the other news is that currently Twin Shadows is still listed as on the boat on the FFG site, which also does mean that it probably won't arrive in Europe or in the US in the next two weeks, I think. So we will still have to wait for uh, two weeks after Gen Con, at least, I think, for, for the boxes to arrive. And yeah. yeah, we will see when we actually get them. Okay, so this is it for news. And uh, we are going straight into our campaign and skirmish play experiences, which will be very short this week. Uh, I think, Herrick, you didn't play anything, right? <laughs> uh, sadly, yeah. yeah. But I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting the, getting the gang back together. Yeah. So we can maybe play skirmish next week. I probably can yeah. stream it, but we will we'll see. So the second announcement I have to make during the during this section is that I actually started up our Twitch channel and streamed our first uh, skirmish game. It was playing me against uh, Hendrik, and of course I won again. Who would have thought this? No, it was it was actually a very <laughs> close game. So um, I played a list including Han Solo, and it was quite nice to see him in action. And he played some some weird list with stormtroopers and imperial droids. It was it was fun to play, and I streamed it on Twitch. And if you have missed it, you can uh, see it in the Twitch past broadcasts. But it won't be there forever because Twitch doesn't actually archive the broadcast forever anymore. So I also uploaded it to our YouTube channel. And links to both the Twitch channel and the YouTube channel are in the show notes. So if you missed the match, you can rewatch it there. Also this week, I think last Sunday, uh, Team Covenant hosted the Tulsa Imperial Sword Skirmish Regional Finals. And they put up a, a YouTube link of the final match of the match deciding the first and second place, which is also very interesting to watch because it's the basically the both lists that are viewed as the strongest right now playing head to head. And it's one of the lists is the list I already mentioned with uh, four Royal Guards and four Imperial officers. And the second one is a list including Luke Skywalker, uh, I think it's Diala and Mac and Gideon. And it also includes uh, two elite rebel saboteurs and one regular rebel saboteur, I think. I think this, this is it, yes. And it's actually very nice to see that because the Imperial player plays against such a blast-heavy um, list, because you can... not all, It's not only blast-heavy, it's also very uh, area-of-effect-heavy, because not only can the... Uh, what's it called? The saboteurs inflict blast, but also Diala has has her Salak sweep, where you can just put her in between two figures and attack both the figures. And 
So this is heat that the Imperial player had to play very carefully and space out their uh, Royal Guards to not get hit too hard. And this means the Protector ability didn't actually go off that often. And it was a close game, but in the end, spoiler alert, the Imperial player won. And it was, was very close, I would say. Maybe one round would make the difference. And I, I, I commented on the YouTube, uh, in the YouTube comments and the second player, the, I think his name is Taylor. He also responded and we had a nice little chat about how the, the new rule changes would actually have affected this game. And he said that with the rule changes, the match would have been much more, much closer and maybe even tipped in his favor. But I, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited to see what the rule change actually uh, does to the, to the meta. So it was a nice video to watch. Also, I will link it in the show notes so you can watch it. It's just like, I think it's half an hour long, so it's not that much. And it's very interesting to watch. I really liked it. It was a really, uh, uh, close and, um, uh, interesting match and also team conveyant really produced it nicely so you see the dice boxes yeah, have, and everything so dice box cameras. <laughs> it's a they're really nice production value for a game like that and the comment of commentary about the match and so on yeah so if you're not into skirmish you still should still watch it because it's a, it's a very nice introduction into the skirmish game of imperial assault so, with that said, we'll come to our big ticket item this week, which is community stuff. And this is mostly us talking about Gen Con and what was already spoiled there. But before we get into this, I did some uh, social engineering the past few weeks. And I actually managed to score an interview with Paul Winchester, one of the developers of the game. Or at least of the current developers. I don't think he was in the... Initial, initial uh, group of three de designers actually designing the game, but he joined, he joined them later, I think. And uh, he agreed to do an interview with, with us. And if you have any questions uh, about the game to him or about him himself, you can send them to podcast at boardwars.eu and I will try to weave them into the interview. And we will probably do this, um, I think, two weeks after Gen Con, about that time. So you still have two or maybe even two and a half weeks to send us your questions. But don't wait too long, because maybe we'll uh, actually do the interview a bit sooner. So to be, to be sure that your, your, your questions are at least considered, you should send them within the next, as I'd say, 10 days or so. This should be, this should be a very good uh, estimate. So, so uh, if there are any interesting uh, questions about the future of Skirmish, your questions yes, about Skirmish, just drop yeah. them. Of course, we'll write it out again, uh, maybe on the Facebook page. Yeah, we so will you also can create a, drop them there. We'll also create a, a topic on the Facebook page. And I will also mention it on Twitter. So if you have Twitter, you can follow us there. And you will see that I also mentioned our interview and that you can send us questions to Paul. So, um, with that out of the way, this was the big reveal I was teasing on Facebook. <laughs> and the last thing we will talk about today is Gen Con. Okay, so, um, uh, Havik, what's going on in Gen Con right now? Do you... So, uh, right at the moment, while we are talking, uh, the first day of Gen Con is underway. Um, 
we've seen some uh, spoilers for the new expansions because uh, Fantasy Flight has some quantities of Twin Shadows, Boba Fett, R2-D2 and Kane Sonos, uh, Kane Sonos uh, uh, being sold there and mm -hmm. as we speak Tim Conveyant is producing videos um, for the older wave six, seven stuff of X-Wing mm -hmm. and all the new stuff they could get their hands on and will be producing videos the next coming days. So as soon as I see one for Imperial Assault, of course, we'll upload it also on Facebook, yeah. On our Facebook channel. But yeah, that's happening right at the moment and tomorrow. So probably when you listen to this or after you listen to this, there will be the Fantasy Flight in-flight report where they will reveal some big stuffers every year. So. Yeah. They have a big, uh, big glass cabinet at, uh, their, uh, at their booth. And, uh, normally on the second or third day of, on the second day of Chang Con, they always have a big, uh, report where the head of the company, um, shows some new and interesting, uh, reveals actually yeah. new games that nobody was expecting because Fantasy Flight is very good at keeping secrets and really enjoys surprising people. And at Gen Con, normally they really, um, bust out the big have, stuff. Yeah, bust out the big guns and surprise people really with stuff out of left field. Last year it was XCOM, Amada and in the, which was spoiled before Gen Con and at the in-flight report, they showed for the first time Imperial Assault. Mm -hmm. So I remember this. Yeah, so it will be interesting what they have uh, up their sleeves this year. They just revealed the uh, reprint of Fury of Dracula, which people were like bagging for years. And Fury of Dracula second edition copies were like uh, were really expensive on eBay, and it was hard to get as a game and. Um, many people really wanted to get a new edition and, um, it were a new edition finally will see the day, light of the day. And, mm -hmm. um, let's, let's see what else they will have. The only very interesting trend they now have. They made for both, um, Game of Thrones second edition and for the new Dracula game for the reprint or yeah. re, re release. Yeah. They made highlight videos, so a little bit yeah, of background. I saw, of I saw the Game of Thrones one. And, yeah, the, the, throughout the Dracula one today. So, mm -hmm. hopefully they will show, probably they will show, um, one for Imperial Sword or making of it. It's interesting to see, like, they talk to the graphic designers, they talk a little bit about the challenges in, uh, game design, mm -hmm. what's, the spirit of the game, what they wanted to convey, what mm -hmm. concepts are behind the game mechanics. And it's a really nice little way to have like a short little uh, peek behind the curtain. Uh, I saw the, I saw the, the Game of Thrones second edition highlight video. And it's actually, I didn't know that Game of Thrones, the, the card game, that's, it's actually that old. It's older than the, that it's TV really old. Show. It's, it, it's, um, when they first released the card game, um, they sent, uh, books, uh, the books to the, uh, hobby stores, so, because back then, Game of Thrones wasn't that big, so they had like, okay, this is the game, these are the cards we have, 
these are the books and they send books and the cards to stores to say like these are awesome books read the books and then play the game yeah they, they because were, back then were, it was they were insider tips and, yeah i know yeah and back then um also it was still uh like magic uh what do you call it uh collectible card, card game collectible card game not a living card game so um the problems with the first edition was then to change it from the collectible card game to the living card game they made the, to the, release the, the cards and so on. They made the transition yeah. in the first edition, so they didn't... Yeah. Because now it's released the second edition, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, and then it got uh, very convoluted. It's it nobody was surprised that uh, they had to do some had to do, do something with the card pool. They had to reboot it in a way to make and, it organized again. Yeah, and to make it hand- manageable again, and to make it easy for new people to join the game. Because the biggest problem now was that you have this giant card pool, and um, you were not like in a customer card game or in Magic. Um, it was not pay to win or something, or like always to have the newest cards or whatever you can say about Magic. Um, not about dissing Magic, but it's a different concept yeah, there. For the LCG, LCG, it's the longer the game runs, the, the harder it is to get into it because you have to, yeah. you almost have to have all of the packs. So you, it's a, it's a steep initial investment. And I think they wanted to get rid of this. They also, also they announced for all the living card games that for the tournament, there's year. an active card pool. Yeah. yeah. So it last at some year. point, uh, yeah, the, like the first cycle for Netrunner will run out and will be not leg- eligible at tournaments. Mm-hmm, yeah. And but it's the smart expansions, the deluxe expansions and so on, they are evergreen. So okay. um, if you use the cards from the expansion, uh, from the de- box expansions, big box, exp- uh, smallish, whatever yeah. you call them, deluxe. The L- the I think LCG the expansion. official nomenclature yeah. is deluxe box expansion. They are evergreen. Oh, did we lose? Did we lose Havoc now? I think we lost him. Q elevate elevator music here. <laughs> oh, Harry is back again. I'm back. Yeah, weird. What, what happened? I don't know. The, Suddenly you said, "Oh, we lost him," and I was like, the, "Who? We lost two? Oh, the, the, we lost the me. Javas. I don't the know. Javas, um, steal your cables." Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just checked if everything is plugged in. So yeah, it works again. And re-plugged so. in everything. Yeah. So the first step of system administration, as we know from IT crowd. Uh, yeah, we. I was in the middle of the Game of Thrones rant. Where did? I don't actually uh, know where did we left off. <laughs> yeah. It's not that important. Well, I said many eloquent and interesting points nobody will ever hear. Yeah, that's... They would have changed your life. Now, now it's too late. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, and I hope probably uh, we will see during this weekend we will see more highlight videos and um, Fantasy Flight said on Twitter that they will this year they will tweet from the in-flight report because normally the in-flight report was uh, searching for messy uh, cell phone pictures and tweets from people making messy pictures of the PowerPoint presentation of Mr. Peterson. And this year they will also live tweet 
uh, unblurry pictures of the stuff that just uh, surprised people with. That's very good. It's it's much less incentive and to I think actually be Tim there. Team Convient is recording it and will probably release it whenever they find time a week or two weeks later. They, normally they will upload it somewhere so you can watch the in-flight report again. And I have to say I find it very interesting not to be like a fanboy or something, but I really honor it that um, Mr. Peterson is going out to presenting it himself and then also I think he takes questions from the... I think he the, likes talking yeah. about the game his company makes. Yeah, it, it, he's passionate about it and he really, yeah. Um, you see that he enjoys his job, but he also takes questions from the floor. He, he looks to uh, get in conversation with the people and I think it's still something... Um, that other bigger companies, it's, it's funny to think that where's the point as a company? You become too big to do something like that, or you are so big that you only do this kind of stuff in front of your investors, but not the people who actually buy your yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, I because, think it's, with FFG, um, it's, it's a little bit different because it's, uh, it, the company, it's not that young. It's, it's quite old actually, but it's not that old, but it's, uh, I think like almost 20 years or so, or 19 years or so. But the thing about FFG is that they, they grew so rapidly after releasing the Game of Thrones stuff and after releasing the other stuff. So they grew so fast that I think most of the, the people there don't actually realize how big the company has become because they have many, many major franchises out, out in the market and they are, they are selling yeah. so much, so much stuff at right now so that and this wasn't this wasn't the case like maybe ten years ago, so yeah, uh, maybe they grow they grow faster than they even realized, and this is why they still appear to be a small company interacting with the users more, and but it, it's 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 a nice change to be uh, for sure. So yeah, I think the um, they still know that it's important to interact with your customers mm-hmm. and to to. Yeah. In a way, try to be, I think that that's something that most of the board game companies still have. And why this is an interesting hobby in, in, in the broad way, because, um, many of the companies still interact with the customers in a very direct way. Yes. If you look at, at Platinum Games or other companies, they have a, a company podcast and they're talking about what they can reveal. Ish at the time, but they have a very open discussion about game design challenges they face, and you can listen to it and you know have really a good insight in what drives this company and in the uh, in that part of who are those people who are actually running my company and uh, Privateer Press is having something similar where they interview once a month designers, the guy who writes the guys who write the uh, background and the lore for the books and so on, and they interview these people. They talk about new releases. They talk about the games they've played and so on. And it's um, they talk about community events and tournaments. And it's um, it feels it feels very per- much more personal than yeah. some other entertainment uh, industry. Yeah, uh, but there are of course are other companies which who just switched <laughs> erase their. Facebook pages and uh, cut off all communication to their yeah, customers. Most of them are the large ones, the old ones who, who yeah, just... So it's uh, just... Games Workshop yeah. is a very different route of uh, <laughs> communications with the users. Uh, but Games Workshop is a whole other topic like we see, we saw I think last episode or two episodes ago where they redesigned their core user base. So I, I'm Yeah, so... just erasing... Yeah, 
one core it's game. Nice, nice idea. No. It's gone. So. Sorry you invested uh, so much. Goodbye. So for the rest of Gen Con, um, Twin Shadows will be available there in limited, limited amounts. So if you are at the show and you're listening to this, you're probably already too late if you haven't got it already. And now we will uh, talk a little bit about the tweets from uh, Team Covenant uh, about Twin Shadows because they, I think they released photos of all the deployment cards in there and also yep. some other stuff like, um, what's it called? Um, skirmish upgrade cards, of course. So I will start with, um, they, they opened all the packs and took a picture of the mini and the, pa the, the cards in the packs. And I will start with Boba Fett, which uh, we already, I think, know every, everything about. This is right because the command cards, I think, were all spoiled. The skirmish I upgrade think, cards. Yeah. So in the Boba Fett pack, you have Boba Fett's deployment card. You have one copy of the, I think one or two copies. You can't actually see it on the, on the photo. Uh, either one or two copies of the new condition weekend. So because he can inflict a weekend status, you actually need a card if you just buy the pack and the core set to get this card on the board. So you have a weekend uh, card. Then we have the command card Jump Jets, which lets you basically uh, move five spaces with any figure. Then you have Mandalorian Tactics, which is the signature command card for Boba Fett. Perform two attacks, apply plus one search uh, search to each attack's results, instead of choosing one ability from Battle Discipline, apply all of his listed abilities. We talked about this. And then the last command card yeah. is Capture the Weary. Choose an adjacent hostile figure. That figure becomes weakened. If that figure was already weakened, it suffers two strain instead. These, I, I think Ooh. we talked about it. That it's, it's, it's the first time you have a, um, you can more or less inflict a condition in a way twice. Yes. Or yes. Yes. Use that aspect twice, so that's, yeah, that's interesting. It's it stacks, so it's it's very interesting in that point. And the the last card in the pack is his the skirmish attachment card, the first skirmish attachment card, card which is explosive or arm explosive armaments, and attached to a droid or a hunter only. Each figure in this group gains two surges yep. plus one damage and plus two. Which is also very nice. Which was always, yeah, and was already also. I think spoiled, it's very yeah. nice, yes. And so I think the most interesting new thing is, uh, Kane Somos, yeah. because we haven't yeah. seen much of him yet. The stuff from Kane Somos, because I, uh, I think they will, they, Fantasy Fly will do, release an article about Kane Somos. Yeah. But since we have the cards already here, we will talk about it, I think. <laughs> the only thing we can't see is, uh, with, with uh, how many, how many attack dice, dice which he has. Dice he has, but doesn't matter. So, do you want to read Kane Somos the card itself? Uh, somebody said it's a blue, blue, green. So he has two blue, which one green attack die. Good. Yeah. Well, he's he goes for ten deployment cost. Um, he has a, a one surge is plus one two damage. The other surge is PS one. And then he has one uh, special activation, which is Firing Squad. Yeah, I think it's Firing Squad. Choose up to two. Well, then it's get a little bit uh, I think, I hard think to read for me. Choose up to two adjacent well, friendly troopers. Each of those figures may interrupt to perform an attack targeting the same figure. 
so it's basically like the uh, elite officer's exec executive order, just that you can order two units, and they have to be troopers and adjacent, so it's similar, but not the same. Yeah, and for a search, he also has the ability squad command, choose an adjacent friendly trooper figure, that figure becomes focused. Which is also not that bad. And he has 12 hit points, 4 speed and a black defense tie. Which is quite sturdy. And quite probably blue-blue-green mm -hmm. attack. So. I think we had another yeah, interesting. Had another, another picture of this, but I can't find it now. Uh, yeah, it's probably lost somewhere on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. So um, the other the command cards are easy, more easy to read. So we have his special command card is Rally the Troops. It's for Kane's almost only. Uh, it's a special action. Choose another friendly trooper within three spaces. Ready that figure's deployment card. Has a cost of three and is limited to one. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, it's not it's bad. Very good, but uh, it's, I think three is a bit expensive for it. You can ready, you, yeah. you can ready an elite uh, stormtrooper. Well, it, it, I think you, if you use him, you build your, uh, skirmish Around troopers, troop, of course. Around him and around the troopers. So probably the other cards you will choose will be more cheaply because this is just very interesting mm -hmm. to have a. But the, activate I think a one of the the very good uh, deployment car, uh, command cards in the general wise pack is also. I think it's also costing three points where you can redeploy um, troopers. I think it's. Uh, I have to look it up. I, I haven't. I, ne I never used it because I wanted to use it in the next game. But uh, this can also. I mean, we will see. It's a good card. Then we have troopers. We have rank and file. I think that was already spoilers in some. Yeah, I think it was. I don't know. Use at the start of your activation. You and each friendly trooper adjacent to you gain one plus one movement point. Also costs one and uh, is used once per command command deck. Yeah. deck. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, I hope I, hope I can yeah. read this. We have Squat Swarm. Uh, squat Swarm. Yeah, Squat Swarm. Yeah. Uh, used after activating a group, you may immediately activate another ready group with the same name. The combined cost of both groups cannot exceed 15. Which is... Yeah, so um, you can ready an Elite... Stormtrooper unit with a regular stormtrooper unit. And a stormtrooper. That's Use interesting. So you can have. You may immediately activate another ready group. And it costs but it has two to be and ready has, uh, is allowed once. Way. Okay. I find it interesting. I really have to say that, um, with this expansion, I think skirmish gets. It's very interesting. Uh, the yeah, the variety it really needs because at the moment we have like two or three list builds which are yeah. good or playable or. Yeah. Competitive, let's say competitive, because playable is every list, and if you play for fun, you play for fun. But let's say now we have more competitive lists. Most of lists, the stormtrooper heavy group lists are not very sturdy. Let's say it yeah. this way, because they they, they die and too easy. I think. Also, we get uh, we all uh, almost forget we get a skirmish upgrade card spoiled uh, for a cost of one. We have rule by fear. At the start of the first game round, draw two command cards, then choose one card in your hand to discard. This is the, this is the card I was uh, alluding to for, before, because it's another yeah. form of card draw. You you yeah. have an additional... I think that's the theme yeah. of that expansion, yeah. to have 
more interesting uh, ways to draw your cards. Yeah, for uh, in any way, you have more abilities to draw more cards, which is yeah. always a good idea, because the more cards you have, the more you can actually choose between which cards to use, and the more you get to the cards you you actually want to use desperately. So because this since this deck is so is so tiny with the 15 cards and some of the very good cards only are once in your deck it's it's a bit of luck of the draw it, currently with only the core box it's some of the time it's a bit of bummer if you don't draw your two or three command cards that are really good like son of skywalker or solid sweep yeah. that you really need to have or want to have and if you don't draw them, you are basically shit out of luck because they give you action advantage, yeah. they give you additional attacks which you need and these the 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 the, uh, the ally and villain packs in the wave one seem to be able to help you get there. So this is a very I think it's very interesting then. Yeah. So the next uh, picture that is uh, spoiled is the picture of the two droids. So the droids uh, ally pack with R two D two and C three PO. We talked about all the cards already. I think there are no new cards. Then we have Boba Fett. Yeah, of course. Then we have these all. We have um, the deployment cards for both Biff Baldrick and Zaska Taft. I think. Which I think we're already I think we, spoiled. We talked so about them during there. the reveal in the spoiler yeah. article. Then C3PO we also talked about. Then we have R2D2 and C3PO. And then we have the Tusken Raiders. I think they were also spoiled. Yeah. So, and the heavy stormtroopers. I think yeah. the only difference is we now see the uh, the elite and the non-elite version of the heavy trooper. Yeah. That's I think. Yeah, I think that the biggest uh, I will, news. I will link the, the all of but, the stuff in the show notes. And the interesting thing about this is also that um, the cards are are actually placed upon the the new map tiles and the 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 cardboards. Um, boards where you can get your new map tiles out of and also you have the new device tokens on them so you also see additional strain tokens so it's interesting yeah, to see you always yeah. get more strain and health yeah. tokens with every expansion it's same as in damage descent. and strain now <laughs> i i own i think every descent ex expansion now i have a really big bowl of <laughs> Uh, search but it's and nice. you can, uh, strain you can always and use new ones. They are not. They are not. They yeah. are not. Um, I have a lot yeah. of hearts. <laughs> what you said. Yeah, and I think um, the different from the elite to the regular stormtrooper. The I think what was spoiled in the article. The, the elite or the, I think the regular, regular one? one. Yeah, the elite has um, eight. Uh, the polarment cost of eight. Yeah, and eight uh, health. And- Eight health, three speed, attacks with blue and red, more or less the same. Um, the really big change is for search, you can do blast damage, uh, two, two damage and, uh, gets blast two for the another search. So it's not that big of a change. The, the interesting thing about this is also that the heavy stormtroopers seem to uh, synergize very well with Kane Somos himself because they have very, especially in in terms of Imperial Assault, you have comparatively long range with the plus two accuracy and the blue dice gives them at least two, at least four range and at most you have seven range which is quite quite uh, quite a ways away. 
And Kane Somos actually has, we can, well, we see his card here too. So we can confirm that it's two blue and one green dice, which will give him, ah, yeah, here is it. Here which it will is, give yeah. him at least four range, the same as the heavy stormtroopers and at most 10 range. So he has a similar range to the heavy stormtroopers and he can with his, um, if, with his special action, he can order two of them to attack. And so I think he, it is, you should use them in a, in a group. Just maybe don't don't yep. leave them standing adjacent to each other so blast doesn't kill them also. <laughs> yeah, depending on uh, what's the equipment of yeah, the, depending on what's the pesky equipment. rebels yeah, come. Yeah. So I think this is all of the um, the yep. spoilers for, at, for at least for now. We will update the the Facebook page with new spoiler. Probably in the next couple of days we see we'll see some new stuff. So. Just like a quick wager, what's your bet? What we're gonna uh, see? Yeah, you you also created a, um, a a topic on Facebook for what the people actually want to see from from a reveal from Imperial Assault, and I really want to see either Saga expansion, so an expansion yeah. focusing on the either the episode four to six scenarios or episode seven i don't think it will will happen for episode seven but one can dream of course or what i also want to think i actually have to open up the the thing you posted because i i forgot that there was a very good a very good idea from you let's see what it was uh, that all my yeah, it, but this was good. very very good. So saga, yeah, yeah, oh, that, the new co-op yeah. mode. This is also one what I wanted yeah. to, to to see, like a a, yeah. a mode where you just play cooperatively against a scripted mission, like like you do in, yeah. with the, the the automated overlord in Descent. I think it is. Yeah, it's actually the the little uh print to uh direct print print on demand print to play now. Print on demand. Today I'm just confused. Print on demand expansions for descent for uh, uh, co-op play, and I think they could do the same thing without a problem for. So it's not, it's not so it sold directly fun. to retailers, but you have to order it on. Not yet. I think there will okay. be a co-op expansion down the line. Maybe okay. we'll know more after this weekend. Because I think they will announce some descent mm. stuff also this we will, weekend. Of course, this is one of the questions I will for sure ask um, Paul when we do the interview. So if yeah. there is any, if he can re re reveal any plans for a, a more co-op experience of Imperial Souls, because even though, yeah, well, they are trained very well know, not to answer they, to questions about but the future. But if about it, of course, about it's, it on Gen Con in one of their. Uh, events or talks co-op ha has been a, a big um surprise for descent that they, they, they released it as a gimmick or a little uh fun thing and it became really huge and i think there at some point we will have a co-op expansion because at the moment you have to download the rules uh from the fantasy flight homepage because they won't fit into the little print on demand package and i think they will make a little box with uh, two or three different co-op scenarios, and you can throw in the other co-op scenarios you mm -hmm. bought. And yeah, that's and that's, yeah. maybe if they if they really hint on on anything like this in one of their Gen Con stuff, I will ask Paul for sure. 
But if if they don't, yeah. I will ask him because it's a pet peeve of mine to actually have something cold yeah. in this game. I will know he he won't he won't be able to say anything, but I can still try so. But yeah, maybe from from listening from his answer, maybe yeah, we can course, deduct yeah. something. We can interpret his answer his, or his non-answer. We'll get some scientists. <laughs> we'll get some scientists to find out what he's yeah, not to read saying. His thoughts <laughs> over over the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they will spoil a big box expansion. I think I hope it would be r really cool to have a campaign book. Yeah, I a new campaign, but I think that's more or less f further down I the line. I don't know if, if I already yeah. need a campaign book because, like I said, we played most of the missions in the core box campaign book, and we are still not through all of them. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. That's th I think something they're very cleverly designed with this game that. Uh, way you build the side mission deck, the way you play the main missions, it's really mixed up in a great way. If you use different heroes, if you use uh, different side missions, and with every hero or uh, villain pack you buy, you get more or less a new side mission for the side mission deck to build in, if you like or not like. So that's a very genius way to, to handle this it problem. Wasn't it like similar in Descent? Uh, ish, but not as flexible. You have uh, not as flexible now, but they have um, now in um, every big box campaign uh, it, the campaign behaves a little bit differently. And in the first campaign book, they also had interesting newish rules how to play a big campaign. Yeah, so, we'll see how the, how um, the new big box actually changes the campaign rules. Because this is one yeah. one thing I, I am eagerly awaiting. Because I already construct some. I think that they, they had with every campaign they change a little bit and gave every campaign a little different rule. But I think with Imperial Assault they pre-designed this all into okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, because one of the campaigns in Descent had, had for the first time had like this hidden information. Okay. And this is already uh, in, which. But they can exactly, still, yeah, they can still the change like, how how parts of the game work, like uh, side mission. Pack yeah, or yeah. The, the they, they had like for the whatever, so. campaign book, you have like two at the beginnings, a couple of pages with new rules, and with the help of the new rules, you see, um, uh, you can adjust the game a little bit. And they had new rules for uh, two players and giving them an extra activation, like we see in. Uh, Imperial Assault with smaller player yeah. numbers. And that's very interesting to see like the change in the design process through the different descent campaigns and then leading Imperial to Assault, yeah. Imperial Where Assault. Where it all culminates into one perfect product. <laughs> yeah, many of the rule changes uh, to Imperial Assault are really big improvements to descent. Yeah. And probably with, we'll see down the line uh a revised edition of the second edition. I don't think they will go all third edition on us, but it will probably be For a descent, descent, revised mean. edition, up, updated rule book, yeah, and I think this is, uh, yeah. they will take in some of the changes from from Imperial Assault. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think so too. We will see, but Imperial Assault is still young, so it doesn't need a second edition anyway now. Yeah, no, that's way off. <laughs> And I think it was more or less designed in a way that they don't really need it for a long time because yeah, it's more open. The only thing, yeah. Okay, so I don't think is there anything else you wanted to say about Chenkan because you are more more knowledgeable about 
Gen Con than I am. I'm just riding the wave here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have just have to sit it out and wait for the mm -hmm. big surprises. There. Yeah, maybe more well, tomorrow. I think the the in-flight report will be very yeah. very nice to watch. You have but to it's, you have to be vigilant. It's on it's Facebook. a good weekend to to be on Twitter and mm -hmm. to see the some. Many of the new, uh, of, of the new other board game hotness is displayed at GenCon and many, um, I some interesting news come out of GenCon. So what I am, it's interesting week for board gaming yeah, anyway. What, so. I, what I'm waiting for is the Pathfinder adventure card game will be released on iOS. I think later this year because it's still in development, but I think they have a hands on demo, uh, in GenCon. On the on the show Could somewhere be a, a, on the Paiso, seen Paiso stuff. Yeah, I read I read on the developer forums because I was interested yeah. in it, and um, I want to really get into it playing when it it actually releases on the on on di in digital format because yeah. I I played the the first the 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 adventure path that is featured in the first uh, cycle uh, of the Rune Lords. Rise of the Rune Lords that is featured yeah. in the first cycle of the card game. I played with my with my uh, offline role-playing game group. Yeah. And it's a nice little adventure. It's actually a very long adventure. We're playing for yeah. more than 18 months now and we are at the last stretch now. And I want to see how it works in the card format. I looked up some videos about it and it's I also play the, the Lord of the Rings LCG and I kind of want to to have something similar for Pathfinder because the Lord of the Rings LCG, it seems to be more flexible in, yeah. in building scenarios than the Path Pathfinder adventure card game. But I have to, to play it for myself for some time to be sure. And I want to do this in digital form because I have no one, no one to play this with. So, and yeah, I... But they have to release it on either Android or PC because I don't have any iOS uh, devices. My girlfriend has, yeah. but <laughs> I don't want to steal her iPad Mini every time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one thing I'm I'm curious about, and maybe they will also announce some some computer RPG for Pathfinder, which will also be nice. But yeah, it will be interesting what what will emerge as the hotness this year from GenCon, and which will be um, yeah. which games people will say are like yeah. the I'm like also the, very interested. Uh, in it. The uh, the silent hypes, which are the big hypes, yeah. and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll know more about this in like three or four days. So, okay. Uh, anything else about ChenCon? I think that that's it for now, right? It's only for, it's, it's all open for for a few for a few hours. So <laughs> there's nothing. Uh, we'll just refresh all my brow uh, all my browser tabs and see if. And There's the thing pops new? up. <laughs> I and see. We have to rearrange and <laughs> re-edit the whole episode, but uh, not at the moment. I see a lot of uh, photos on the Team Covenant Twitter page about like playing all kinds of games, like X-Wing. Yeah, they, they played Mysterium, uh, Arkham Horror, yeah. and all kinds of games. So it's worth taking a look at their Twitter, Twitter page and look at the photos and look at the coverage there. It's yeah, it's maybe nice. I I will post up some uh, videos from other. Board game enthusiasts. Uh, I think drive through gaming will make will make some videos, and of course, Dice Tower will make several videos and so on. So there will be many people filming, and oh, the shut up and sit down people are there. So probably they will make a video in a couple of days, and even uh, Hunter and Cone, the German 
uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. Podcam YouTube channel is there, so I think there's this year there's uh, no abundance of coverage of GenCon, yeah. so I will try to pick out the best uh, some good videos uh, and post them mm-hmm. for all of you to enjoy. Yeah. Also for me because I'm leaving for holiday actually yeah. tomorrow, <laughs> so I'm a bit cut off from the from the yeah, internet world. It, it will be very week. weird for me tomorrow because when uh, the in-flight report is, I'm at the friend's place. And I still have to figure out how I can watch it live. Because <laughs> I don't think I want to wait until like after the barbecue and after the watching yeah, that's, uh, hor- bad horror movies. That's like sitting around. So yeah, isn't, isn't that was what uh, mobile internet is for? Yeah, exactly. But I'm still one of the brave few who has a shitty old phone and not a new what? smartphone. And that's one of the moments it really bites me in the ass. Yeah, you should get a smartphone now. <laughs> just to yeah, watch the Yeah, actually, report. just tomorrow in the morning, get the smartphone just to watch the Inflot Report live yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Okay, so uh, that's it for talking us talking about Chen Kahn, it's not all, not on, not even open yet. <laughs> it's open for yeah. just a few hours. Well, we were also uh, from the Chen Kahn faction. Chen Kahn so. faction, yeah. Maybe next year I am from the Chen Kahn faction, from, but we will see. Either next year I'll, I'll go to Essen or to Chen Kahn. I want to be at either of these places next year. Yeah, once being once in a lifetime at Chen Kahn. Uh, uh, sounds nice, yes. Why not? Yeah. But Just this year, to say you have been there. This year, it's not in the cards. But to really enjoy it, you should get tickets for True Dungeon or something. But they're very hard to get. But it's, I guess, the most fun you can have. I need, in I, a... I need, I need connections. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, that's it for most of the show. I will just go over the rule clarification for this week, which is I played uh, a card in, sk- in my skirmish game against Hendrik which is called Hide in Plain Sight. And the card lets you basically, you can also play it, uh, you can only play it with a figure that has the spy trait. And it says uh, it's a special action. And uh, it says that hostile figures can't attack you uh, until the end of the round. And I used it with a, a rebel elite Saboteur or a known saboteur, I can't remember. And I thought it would affect both of the units in the deployment group when it actually only should affect the unit, uh, the figure you are playing it with. So you have to spend one action of a figure, and this is the this is the figure that it's working for, not the other figure of the same deployment group. So I played it a little bit wrong. In the end, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference, but maybe it would have tipped the scales a bit. So. If you watch the, the video of me playing against Hendrik, yeah, you'll see what I mean. So watch the video and laugh at my mistake. <laughs> so um, I think that's it. Don't forget to send us any questions you have to Paul Winchester of Fantasy Flight Games. He's one of the developers for Imperial Assault and he maybe can answer some deep questions about how the game is designed and uh, how designing the game works and how the testing works and whatever. Just think of something you want to know about the game and send them to podcast at boardwars.eu within the next 10 days, which should be around August 9th or 10th. So if it's here by then, so I don't expect to do the interview before, before the 10th. Maybe 11th, so maybe even later, but that's the earliest date I can imagine. So, yeah. Um, 
send us your questions to the to our email and you can also contact us on Facebook Facebook uh, by going to facebook.com slash slash pages slash boardwars.eu you just sh short of 100 people yeah. so just like the page so we get, get 100 likes <laughs> get your friends get your parents to like yeah. our page so we finally break the milestone of 100 people yeah. and you can also you can also uh, read up on the website itself I will start to post some uh, thoughts I have about the game as articles on the site and I will also redesign the site in the fall so it will be actually a little bit easier to read and so if you want to read about my house rules for the game for the next campaign I play yeah that would be interesting I will post yeah, experience. A, um, a pretty lengthy article about how how I thought the site mission deck could be improved upon and maybe even about skirmish games but that's in the future so if you want to read have you um already uh, are you already playing a campaign with your new uh rules no or? we start after my holiday because i oh, we just okay. we just we didn't talk about it but i finished my second campaign last tuesday i think so yeah with the imperial so victory ten, ten i guess ago. yes with a large with a very very decisive imperial victory because i uh, like i said i was playing the uh, the what's it called the subversive tactics deck and yeah. it really it really well you won a, lo a lot of yeah. missions we so played, at that point you played just... two forced missions so all in all we played 13 missions of which i won i think 11 10 or 11 depending on how you count it should be it should be 11 i think 11 or 12 depending on how you count and this is uh, it was a it was a snowball victory because i had so many resources in the last uh, in the last uh, mission, I could throw er everything at the rebels, and it was it was actually pretty, pretty, pretty sad to watch. Jesus, no, it the wasn't. Poor, the poor guys. It, even though even though I threw everything I bought in, uh, uh, into the into the uh, into the game, like all the agenda cards, the one-time use agenda cards I bought, uh, I threw every everything out, and they still managed to at least arrive at the sec at the last stage of the of the mission but they were so spread out and the doors were closing and it's actually they had no chance of any victory and but it was still it felt close at times because they were playing well pretty, that's pretty that's a good thing yeah. because otherwise it would be very disheartening yeah. to, it was to still, play that final because it has a, a hard time limit for eight rounds and they were seeing that they were falling behind on rounds it was still a little bit disheartening to them because they could they could uh, get rid of some enemies, but I could spawn them faster as they were falling, and it was a little bit of, of a snowball. So it was an interesting mission. I the sad thing is I couldn't take any pictures. I only took one picture because I forgot to charge the battery for my camera. Uh, but I will continue uh, making and posting pictures for my next campaign. Cool. So, if you want to read about house rules and maybe a bit skirmish coverage, you should uh, stop by at www.boardwars.eu, our website. And if you want to contact us, do so on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter. I will link the Twitter in the show notes. I actually don't have it right now. <laughs> Whatever. And you can also write an email to podcast at boardwars.eu. And, of course, directly to me at stefan at boardwars.eu. And I think... This is it for this show. It's quite a bit shorter than our usual shows, mostly because I have to leave for... Uh, I think we have a lot of 
a lot stuff to talk about in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we after we skipped, this weekend we skipped most of our topics actually to make room for GenCon. <laughs> so uh, we have enough topics for next week or for two weeks. Uh, and uh, but I also have to a- edit the show and I have to do so before I leave. So it will be a bit hectic. So it's good that it's a shorter show. So. Please do contact us and do like our Facebook page. We really appreciate it. And of course, uh, you can then read uh, all our coverage. And any last words this week, Eric, for Jenkin? Uh Enjoy your weekend watching Twitter and uh, waiting for new spoilers for Peril Assault. Yeah. I will actually be at a birthday party for my girlfriend on Saturday and Sunday and tomorrow too because we are leaving tomorrow so i will mostly eat and sleep oh, that sounds nice <laughs> and eat barbecuing cakes. Yeah, and barbecues and cakes so it's it's the oh cake um the first pictures of the portal uh board game popped up oh okay talking about cake okay. yeah I... and you have a little plastic cake and yeah <laughs> looks nice yeah so i will not be online that much during the weekend so i will miss most of the chain connection but i will yeah but catch think up about during the fun the c- come home and su- watch uh, switching on the computer and seeing all the updates 300 posts on facebook yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they released what <laughs> what <laughs> i can't read Are all this posted this so Okay, so that's it from us for this week. And do follow the ChenCon coverage, do follow us on Facebook, do follow us on Twitter and on YouTube and Twitch and everywhere. And we will see you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.